Well, we're going to pick up in the study of First John, and Wednesday we'll continue if the Lord allows in First John. So if you're interested, I uh, wish you would come and, and you know, join our, our Bible study group. Amen? All right, so here's where we landed last week in First John 2, 9 through 11. He who says he, ha- he has... He is in the light, excuse me. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is none cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And remember, we, this was, I think, the last scripture that we went over together, and that would be James chapter 4. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your, your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust, you don't have, you murder, you covet, you cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. So, so remember the tone and tenor. Remember, so far in First John, we, we've come to understand, uh, or he's reminded us, let's say, as John, John was literally reminding the early church, or the Holy Spirit was through John, that, you know, uh, we have fellowship with God. We have fellowship with God because we had the relationship, we had God manifest in the flesh to us. We've seen, we touched Him. This is not rumors. This is not something that's just uh, a philosophy. This is not something that's insinuated. We saw and we touched and we bring that to you and we've told, and you've, you know this from the very beginning. And you know that you have fellowship with Him as you walk in the light. You know that you have fellowship with Him when you uh, obey His commandments. You know that you have fellowship with Him when you have fellowship with each other. All of those things so far that we've been reminded of or that the Holy Spirit through John has reminded us. But then he says, now how in the world can can you say that you have fellowship with God when you can't stand your own brother? And then James, to, to, to cap it off, that's where we were. Because, my brothers and sisters, most of the time, it's, it's, you know, we make it personal, but it's not. Well, let me say it this way. It is personal because it's us. It's our person. We see things externally, and we, we, we get jealous of them, or we see the lust of the eyes. We see something. Now, if someone else has it, you know, we automatically you know, hold something against them. Not, not always, but, but some of the times. Or someone says something we just don't like, or there's misunderstandings, and all the these things that happen. And so that's what James tells us. Most of the time when we have problems with other people, it's because of us. It's because of our lusts, our desires, right? You know, our pride. Well, I'm glad at least Steve is listening this morning. So now continuing, we'll, we, we know all of this that John has shared with us. So I'm going to pick up in, in um, verse 12 of chapter 2. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know, uh, you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you're strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of the of the will of God abides forever. So again, we already went over that as it relates to the Holy Spirit speaking that through James. 
And so now the Holy Spirit has said the same thing through John. Amen? So we're going to push on this just a little bit. If you look at that, those, those few verses, uh, let's just say 12 through 14 here, and you see where uh, Holy Spirit is addressing children, and he addresses each group, children, fathers, and young men. He just addresses them twice. Now, as you study this, some people would say, well, when he says uh, children, he's speaking to the whole church. Uh, I think he's speaking to the whole church anyway, but, you know, just in that, he, well, it's, 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 he's speaking to the church. Um, because if in other verses he says, my dear children, it's John's habit, he speaks to and he addresses the church as children. But I think it's more than that especially as we see the way this is structured. But if you... First of all, it's all relational. It's relational. He's addressing the church and he's categorized it. And I think he has done it on purpose. In fact, I know he's done it on purpose. He's categorized it purposely. And I think in this context, when he's talking about children, he's not addressing the, the whole church. He's addressing a certain group of the church. Right? And wouldn't it be fair to say he's dressing young people? Younger people. And then he also addresses, why, why, what, what, what gives me that impression? Because of the way he's categorized it. Because he's categorized. Because he hasn't just... If he was just addressing uh, the church when he said children, then why did he break out young people and fathers? Now, in this particular context, he's, he's, he's breaking it out. Now, the other thing that people might say, well, well, when he's doing that, when he's saying young children, or I'm sorry, when he's saying children, and when he's saying young people, and when he's saying fathers, he's speaking to maturity in the faith, not necessarily chronology uh, as it relates to the, the number of years lived or ages, but, you know, chronology as to how long or church maturity or, I'm sorry, spiritual maturity. Are you there? I think it's both. And, I, and I'll, hopefully the Lord will allow me as we break it down a little bit. So here we go, we're going to break it down. In uh, verse 12, 1 John 2, 12, he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. And then he addresses again in 13, uh, the second part of 13, you'll see it here noted, I write to you, little children. Now, my brothers and sisters, that first little children in verse 12, it is, it's, it's translated from the same Greek as what we read in 1 John 2, 1. If you remember last week, we were in 2, 1. My little children, these things I write to you. It's the same. Now, when you go to uh, 13, verse 13, when he says, my little children, different Greek word. Totally different. So, my brothers and sisters, I, I really think that that lens, and that's why I believe that he's speaking to all of the above. Chronology, he's speaking to age groups, and he's speaking to spiritual maturity. Right? Okay. You may not believe that, but pray about it. So here we go. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, so, so think about this. He's writing to them because your sins are forgiven. So that means that in context, I'm writing to you, I've, what I've said so far, I'm writing to you because your sins are forgiven. I'm writing to you, your sins are forgiven. So you understand this. This applies to you. You may not be you know, spiritually mature. You may not be, uh, but this all applies to you. Why? Because your sins are forgiven. You are reconciled to God. Amen? And then look what he told them again in verse 13. I write to you, little children, because you 
have known the Father. Again, I, I, I think that reinforces the idea. I'm writing to you because your sins are forgiven. I'm writing to you because your sins are forgiven. If you look, what does it say? For His namesake. See, it's not anything... I know this is very rudimentary, so just bear with me, but I have to say it. It's not because of anything that you did in and of yourself. I'm writing to you, right, because your sins are forgiven because you believed and you trusted in Jesus Christ. Right? But then look what he says in 13. He says, I'm writing to you, or I've written to you because you have known the Father. See, watch. Remember, remember... You're reconciled back to God. This is not just a thing where I've come to this mental disposition or I've come to this place where I've gone to the foot of the cross. I've been relieved from the the pressure, from the angst. I I feel the weight has been lifted off of me because I recognize that I'm sinful, that that just by by virtue of being a human being, I am born in sin. And and, and then I recognize some of these other do's and don'ts, some of these things that I've, I've, I've done that God finds offensive. So I've gone to the foot of the cross and I've, I've got rid of the guilt and shame and I feel like the weight has been lifted off of me. No! More so. Look, I write you because you have known the Father. No! It's now you have fellowship with the Father. It's not just about getting your sins washed away and thinking, okay, this is good, now I'm clean and what? No! Now you have fellowship with the Father. And because of what he's already written, we know that because we have fellowship with the Father, we should have fellowship with each other. It's played out in the vertical, not just the horizontal. Are you with me? The horizontal and the vertical come together. It's the vertical, I have, listen, I have fellowship with you because I have fellowship with him. If I can't have fellowship with you, that's saying that there might be something with the, wrong with the vertical fellowship. Amen? Okay, so look at what he said. But, but you have known the Father. Um, because you have trusted Him. It's not just that, you've, uh, that your sins have been washed away. It's now that you're, now you're walking with God the Father. Amen? Awesome stuff. Remember, a I, I, little note if you have your notes page. 1 John 1, 3. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that we, may al- that we also may have fellowship with us, that you may also have fellowship with us. And true, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, that's, that's what this is saying. I really believe. He's saying that because you've done that, because now you have this fellowship, and your fellowship is not just with, it's not just that you've been saved, it's not just that you went to the cross and your sins are forgiven. Now you are walking in fellowship with God the Father. You know the Father. You've been reconciled back to the Father. You have relationship with the Father. Now some of you are not very Excited about that. That, that, is, that is good news, my brothers and sisters. The good news isn't just that we've been, um, our sins are forgiven and we have eternal life. Because if we're not enjoying eternal life right now in fellowship with the Father, we probably don't have it. Man, oh man. And, and see, I've I, I got to go ahead and ruin your Sunday by saying something like that. But it's true. And that's what John is saying. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying through John here. You know Him. It's not just that you went. It's that you know Him. You have fellowship with Him. That's what this, that's what this epistle is speaking to. It's speaking to love and fellowship. Well, don't get all excited. Oh, man, why is that? Why, why is it that we, you know, in, that we don't find these things to be wonderful? Just absolutely wonderful. 
Verse 13, here we go. Now he's addressing the fathers. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. You see that? And then in 14, he basically says the same thing. But now it's, I have written, past tense. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. My brothers and sisters, this speaks volumes to me, I guess because I'm old now. Both, <laughs> I'm a grandfather, and then I'm also, I've been in the Lord for a long time. And some of you in this room have been in the Lord longer than I have. So hopefully you can relate to this. So he's speaking to me as a father. He's speaking to me as a father, but also as someone who is more mature in the Lord. Amen? And, and see what he's saying? Because you've known this from the beginning. What, 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 because you have known him who is from the beginning. You have known him who is from the beginning. Remember, John's whole thing is, that look, God came down in the flesh. We saw him, we touched him, we experienced him. John in his gospel says, in the beginning was the word. That Jesus has always been from the beginning. He was always God, right? Okay, so why am I repeating it? Don't we all know that? Yeah, we do. But this is what he's saying. You fathers have known that he is who is from the beginning. You know that this Jesus that we preach, this Jesus that we have fellowship with, he has always been right from the beginning. You've known this. It's not saying you've known him from your beginning. No, you know him who was from the beginning. Wow. And speaking specifically of Jesus... Not just God the Father, not just the God who uh, you know the Jews recognize as, as uh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah. not just that, but Jesus has been God from the beginning. But look at what he's saying. I'm addressing you fathers, fathers in the faith, fathers in spiritual maturity, and fathers who are fathers in their households, who have children. I... I I think it's significant you have known you have known him who is from the beginning as I'm getting older now and especially in the day and age that we're living in um, sometimes it's hard it's difficult I should say it's it's difficult to keep um, to keep fighting the fight and have the same enthusiasm as I had when I was younger. Especially as we see the way things are going. When I see young people and... Now, now let me... Let, I, got, I have a couple of fathers in here. Um, and unfortunately, one of the fathers in here happens to be my son. But, so when I say this, son, I'm not speaking only of you, but you can now relate because you have children. And any father who happens to be listening. Have you ever noticed that um, your, your kids don't always listen to you? Have you ever noticed that your children don't always believe what you say? Even when it's absolute truth. Have you ever noticed that? Son, have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I've noticed it. And I still notice it. Son, I still notice it. I still notice it, right? So now as a, as a father in the natural, when you're trying to impart you know, wisdom and knowledge to your children, they don't always listen to you. And sometimes it gets frustrating, doesn't it? Now, I see 
Mary, I apologize for calling you out, but I see Mary shaking her head. You know what? We have in our culture, when this says fathers, I want to just say we have so many now because of our culture and our society, we have so many single moms or moms who are head of households. This applies to you. You're a Christian mom who's been in the Lord for a while and you're still raising kids. You have kids and you have grandkids that you're looking after. You have, you have kids and grandkids and, and you have even some adopted grandkids that you're trying to help or, or have spent in time with you. They end up at your house. My brothers and sisters, it gets frustrating when you're constantly saying the same things over and over and they don't listen to you. Amen. So now let's put on our spiritual hats. So now as a minister of the gospel or even just as an elder of the church or as a person who's been a Christian for a long time and by all means do I not want you to get the impression that I'm comparing myself to John or comparing myself to any of the, the uh, apostles or anybody like that. I'm not saying that I'm not um, mistake free. But there are some things that I just know about this word. And there are some things that I've just been preaching and teaching and passing along. And I will say also on the prophetic, not just prophetic preaching His Word, but prophetic being able to say to you, this is what's going to happen. And some of you know that I I don't say those things very easily when I say this is what's going to happen. Some of you, if I'm in the pulpit and I'm saying it from the pulpit and I'm saying this, then you know that that doesn't come out of me easily. I don't want to miss God and I don't want to mislead anybody, but you know what I've prophesied from this pulpit and now we're now living in the middle of? I've got some more for you and I've shared it with you a little bit. But I'm telling you, as a man of God, as, an, as a father, as it relates to spirituality, someone who's a little bit further along in, in the Lord, I'm not saying I'm all that, I'm just saying, my brothers and sisters, we are in the middle of some stuff right now that I, my heart bleeds for as a father, as a father, spiritual father, and as a father in the natural, my heart bleeds for. Because our young people, no, all people are being told such lies and there's so much deception that's going on and there's so much, listen, listen to me, there's so much deception that's being used and there's so much you know, uh, sleight of the hand getting you to look over here. In the meantime, there's a lot of stuff going on that they're not openly showing or saying. I've said this to you all before and I'm saying it now again. My own grandchildren will be challenged to uh, think that their grandfather may be some kind of lunatic or maybe he's off the deep end. I know that when our old, our senior citizens or our seniors, let me put it to you that way, as they get older, when my father was telling me, talking to me uh, when I was younger, and he would say things, and I would say, well, that's how it used to be. That's how it was back then. You don't understand because it's, listen, here's what you all need to know. Spiritually speaking, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What He said will always be. And, it, uh, and, and here's the other thing. Humans are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We were flawed after Adam and we will continue to be flawed until Jesus absolutely, positively turns us totally over and we receive the same glory that He has. My brothers and sisters, we are flawed. 
And it's not known what we will be. We are not fully sanctified yet, but we're getting closer. My brothers and sisters, there are so many things that are happening. There are so many things that are going on. I just read an article and it actually, it literally, literally said that folks like me who believe that this Bible is true, it's literally true, that folks like me are the problem. And a letter to the editor said that we are actually cultish. A letter to the editor said that people like this, like me, need to be, listen, reprogrammed. Continue to listen and understand when you hear reprogrammed. They're not talking about re, uh, you know, taking uh, criminals, common criminal, everyday criminal, and rehabilitating them. They're not talking about you know, somehow re-educating people who have gone the wrong way in life and need some help, genuine help to, to, to improve their lives, to improve their status. No, when they're talking about reprogramming, they're talking about people like me who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God is still in heaven, and He is the only true and living God, and He is the one who deserves all my honor and all my praise. Amen. 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 Now, when I say stuff like that, people think that I'm a little bit goofy. I'm going, I'm taking a little too far. Okay. You may think that, but it's happening. And it breaks my heart. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. He will never change. So fathers, for us older folks who are our natural fathers, who are fathers in the natural, us fathers who have been in the church for a long time, spiritually, we're a little bit more mature, hang on. Keep fight. Let me ask you, you fathers in the natural. Let me, who may be listening, and, 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 and let me ask you: When was the last time you checked on your children's homework? All of you heads of house, Mary, as well. All of you. When was the last time you checked on your your, your children's homework? Are you checking with them to see how they're doing in school? Answer me. Yes. Absolutely. Do you do it frequently? Talk to me. Come on. Do you, do you do it frequently? Talk. Come on. I'm a, I'll take longer. Amen. Thank you. Every day. There's following up every day here. There's following up almost all the time. Come on, man. We need to get going. We, what do you, you need me to do a cartwheel here? Come on. Come on. So now let me ask you this. You saying fathers, heads of house, moms... When was the last time you checked on them spiritually? When was the last time you talked to them about, hey, where are you in your studies of the Bible? When was the last time you said to them, hey, can we just pray, and it didn't involve food? Oh my gosh, it's like dead as a doornail in here. When was that last time that you did that? See, we're talking, my brothers and sisters, about eternal salvation. We're talking about a life eternal. Yes, do, is it important? Should our children be um, doing well in school? And should we be checking and following up on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Should we be concerned with our children, with the health of our children, physical health of our children? Absolutely. Should we be concerned about the emotional health of our children? Absolutely. But here's the thing. We should be more 
concerned with the spiritual well-being of our children because the spiritual well-being of our children will absolutely lead to the success in all of those other areas. But the spiritual well-being of our children absolutely has been put kind of where we could fit it in. Now tell me I'm lying. Boy, it's quiet in here. Aren't you glad you came to church today? My brothers and sisters, so, so now you spiritual fathers, you spiritual heads of households, you more mature, listen, you all that are more mature, yet yeah, times are changing and we're in the middle of seeing so many things change so fast. I'm 60 years old now and I didn't think that I would see some of the things that I'm seeing ever, even if I live to be 100. But I also know that since 2012, things have changed quickly. Look at he split and in a hurry, just like God said it would. And my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, sometimes I just got to get a hold of myself and remember, yeah, it's changing. Yeah, things are getting a little bit tough. Yeah, it doesn't look very good. Yeah, it's breaking my heart. But God is still the same, and He always will be the same. Amen? Amen. He was in charge then. He's in charge now. Listen, He was God then. He's God now. Hallelujah. He made promises thousands of years ago, and those promises are still just as real and relevant today as they were when He made them back then. Why? Because He's the same from the beginning. He is the same from the beginning. He will not change. Hallelujah. Young men. I vaguely remember that. Verse 13. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. And then look again, past tense as he says it again. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Do you see it's almost like repetition on, on almost all. It's almost repetitious. But it's telling you how this is done. This is all done spiritually through Jesus Christ. It's all done spiritually through a relationship with God. Look what it says. I've written to you young men because you are strong. Is it their strength? Physical strength that has made them overcomers of Satan? No. How do I know that? Look what it says. And the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Why? You're strong spiritually. Why? Because you have the word of God living inside of you. Come on. You young men, you have overcome the wicked one. Here's how you've overcome them. Young men, you have, you're virile. You still have strength. Some of that energy that I used to have that I don't quite have anymore, you have it. You have a little bit more vim and vigor. Some of you don't. Some of you look, man, you want to be anywhere but here. But listen, you still have a little zis boom ba. You have some zis boom ba. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. And because you, remember that attitude, man? I wish I, I wish I could see him face to face. I'd float like a butterfly and I'd sting like a bee. I'd see that enemy of my soul and I'd give him a slap or two. Am I right, serious? I'd give him a slap. See, when you're young, just, just show me him, Lord. Just let me grab him. Just let me get a hold of him. Why, you, when you're young, man, you've got that zis boom by in you. You've got that energy. Not as much sense, but oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> You got that energy. You got that zis boom ba. You're going to tear them up. I've got the energy to do it. If I just saw them, I'd whoop them. But look what it's speaking to. I've written to you. You've, already, you've overcome them. How have you overcome them? 
by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You've overcome the wicked one. The wicked one is already overcome in your life. Why? Because Jesus already defeated him. So look, so now look, you're young, you've got that energy, you've got this this boom ba. You went to him, you went to the Lord. This is speaking to Christians. You've already gone to the Lord, you believed in Christ Jesus, you've trusted him for salvation, right? Come on. And now you're you're learning, you've learned some scripture. This is talking to now spiritually, this is talking to people who are born again, who have come away. They're no longer little children. They're no longer just at the foot of the cross and just beginning their walk with God. These are people who have uh, had made a few steps with God, right? So now look, whoa, whoa. So so you've got this energy, you've got some zeal, you've got some you've got this zest, you're learning some things. You're maybe listen, I remember when I was younger and there were some things that you know I wasn't one hundred percent sure about, but I just did it anyway. Why? Because I'm young and this is what I learned, and I'm gonna step out in this thing. I've got the energy for it, I'm doing it. I'm trusting God in this area. I'm gonna try something, man, I'm gonna do this. Now I get older and I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. Just tell me when it's over. <laughs> yeah, God, I know. You're, you, I win. I know I win. I may have to suffer a little bit of consequences here, but hey, I win. Now, listen, I'm not trying to make light of this, but this is speaking to us, both in the sense of where we are as young people, but more importantly, as it speaks to us as people who are, listen, building our life. We've already passed this baby stage and now we should be kind of um, adolescent. Are you, are you with me? So now let me, let me go back and I'm not trying to embarrass anybody or, or call anybody out. But now, young people, you've got this energy. You know, you've got, uh, you've got, the, you're, you're, you're growing, you're maturing, um, you're learning new things, and you already know some things, so you have both ways. You, you have the excitement of trying new things, of, of, you know, maybe some of us are driving. Thank God some of us aren't driving every day, but, you know, maybe we're driving, and, and, you know, there are different, you know, milestones in our lives that we get to experience as we grow in age, so that's exciting, Right? Scary for some of us, but exciting for you when you're driving. You know, but you, are you with me? Right? You're, you're learning new things. Hey, you may be advancing in school. You're going from you know, middle school to high school. A little nervous, but a little exciting. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're on the, the high school football team, basketball team, or whatever. You're advancing, and you're making all of these strides, and it's exciting, and you've got the energy for it and all that. Well, how about you spiritually? Are you making strides spiritually? Is that just not as important to you? Because that will last forever. Believe it or not, Pastor Tony was a pretty good high school athlete. Believe it or not. I can't even get in my own way right now. It's going to go. It won't be the same. But listen, as it relates to being a servant of God... I'm still there. Oh, I'm not young. I don't have as much to learn as I once did. I still have a lot to learn. But I, the, my brothers and sisters, golly, are you on fire, young people? Are you excited about what God, what the next step is for you spiritually? Do you have energy? Do you have a focus and an energy going in that direction? 
boy, this is not this this must be the most horrible sermon I've ever preached. You should see some of you right now. This this has to be the most horrible sermon I've ever preached. My brothers and sisters, this is good stuff. I'm telling you, God is speaking to us, all of us. And so young people, you know, older people and new people, man, are you going in that right direction? Is your unction for the things of God? Are are you still growing? And and as older people, again, I want to speak back. I want to go back a step because I don't want to in any way to sound like I'm being um, hypocritical or I'm I'm talking out of both. Listen, so just because I'm older and I don't have the same energy, I, I, I have to go back and I remember God is the same. So that gives me energy. So when I'm seeing these things that are happening that are not great things, when I see things changing and all of those other things that if I really look and, and, and just dwell on those things, it can really bring me down. I remember God is the same. And I can get energized. See, don't wait till you get to be old like me. Remember, young people, in order for you to reach this, if God tarries and you get to be as old as Pastor Tony someday, you're going to need to be continuing to walk with the Lord now then. Grow in the Lord. Listen, make the the spiritual aspect of your life as important, more important than any other aspect so that when you do get old like Pastor Tony, you can look back and remember. Remember what? That God is the same. It doesn't feel the same as it did when I was 15 years old. It doesn't feel the same as it did when I was 17. It doesn't feel the same as when I was the high school football hero. It doesn't feel the same as the first day that I got married. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't, man, it's just, just different. But it doesn't matter because God is the same. My brothers and sisters, the one who has put joy in you, the one who has put peace in you, the one who's put every spiritual fruit, everything that he has, that one is still the same and he will not relent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you young men, because you're strong, the Word of God abides in you. Listen, it's the Word of God is what's making you strong. The Word of God. And if you have the Word of God in you, young people, my, 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 especially my teenagers, my, my young people, my, my college-age people, I mean, be, be, I mean you're, you're being bombarded with all of this information, with all of this misinformation, with all of this uh, you know, bait-and-switch stuff that's going on right now. You're being bombarded all the time. The thing that you can, listen, the thing that you can absolutely rely upon that is truth, absolute truth, will not change, is the Word of God. And in fact, when you get, listen, could you put that last one back up there, Mary, please? Listen, the Word of God abides in you. Young people, when the Word of God is abiding in you, when they try to steer you down the primrose path, which is what they're trying to do right now, they're trying to lead you to destruction. When, when they're trying to lead you that way, the Word of God in you will keep that from happening. That's what's overcoming the enemy of your soul because it's not these people that we have a problem with. Our war is not, again, flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. Right? Spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of this age. That Listen, my brothers and sisters, is this the enemy? It is the wicked one. So our problem isn't with people, it's those ideas, it's this worldly system that the prince and the power of the air is behind all of it. 
You have victory over it. You have overcome Him. Why? Because, my brothers and sisters, the Word of God abides in you. You don't have to worry. You think about... Now, how in the world can I say that I, I can't be taken down the primrose path? I am victorious. He's, I've overcome the evil one because the Word of God abides in me. Oh, really? Which Word of God are we talking about? Is it the Bible? Because they're, they're attacking that. Are you going to believe what they say? Because they're going to tell you man wrote this? In an article that said, well, the Bible was uh, written uh, in the 4th century. No, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. And they have more evidence and proof of, you know, first, second, there's so many more manuscripts of this Bible than any other writing, ancient writing, that you can put a shake a stick at. But what they're trying to do is say, well, it, it's fourth. No, it's not fourth century. That, that's when it was gathered and agreed upon as to which which ones were authentic, which had firsthand information. What's what's you know just what should be in there as it relates to? Well, this was written by somebody else way down the line. Let's stick to the stuff that was. Are you with me, my brothers and sisters? This is true. And this is what gives us the victory. Young people, you are being bombarded. We all are, but you are being bombarded. You are the target. But if God abides in you, you've overcome the wicked one. That's how you overcome him. The blood of the Lamb, the word of testimony. Gets you to the cross. Gets you saved. And see, now remember, this is talking about growing. That's, That's where you started. And so now you're a young person. Now you've achieved this victory over the, see, what the, see what the Word of God is saying right here? He's saying this specifically to young people. Young in the Lord and probably young in age. Who have been saved, but now who are, should be walking with God. Adolescents, if you will, in the Lord. You've overcome. You've overcome the wicked one. Why? You've got more Word in you. There are some things that you know now that you didn't know when you were a baby Christian when you first went to the cross. And those are the things that give you victory. They allow you to continue to walk with Him. It's what's inside of you. It's those things that no one could tell you otherwise. No one could distract you. Are you there? Okay. So now let's look at the last couple verses. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Okay, so now watch. This is what the Word of God, this is what God says to us right now. God is saying that the world is passing away. Does anybody have a problem with that? The world is passing away. It's, it's, it's going away. Now listen, let me, let, me, let me push on this just a little bit. God says the world is passing away. Popular opinion is that the world is passing away from global warming or climate change. They told us, you know, 20-something years ago, in 20 years the world will be gone. Still here. God is the one who determines when the world passes away. God is the one. No man. Listen. So, God's, the world is passing away and the lust of it. 
But he who does the will of God abides forever. I know his will. I have the power to do it. Right? Come on now. Stay with me. What's wrong? Stay with me. Grace to know the will of God and to do it. So he who, listen, he who does the will of God abides forever. That, that's so easy. It's so succinct. Right? There's no, I don't know. So what happens is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the same thing that the enemy of our soul appealed to in the garden continues. That's the only thing that he can do. It's the only power that he has against us is appealing to our sinful nature. Is it appeal to our fleshly nature? We still have the choice. Some of us in here are old enough to remember what, you know, Flip Wilson, Geraldine, the devil made me do it. See, some of the old people at least are getting a little bit of a smile. It's not, the devil can't make you do anything. The devil entices you, distracts you. The devil didn't make you do it. You made the decision. But he starts that off with, do not love the world or the things in the world. What is he talking about? Do not fall, do, does that mean that you shouldn't be an environmentalist and try to protect the earth? No, it doesn't mean that. You should respect the planet. You should respect, you should do things right, properly. Same thing. God gave us dominion over it and so, told us to um, subdue it. So what's he talking about? The things that are in the world. The world system. How do you get? How do you? How do you get promoted? All of the, everything, the status, the stature, anything that listen, anything in this realm is is. It's not wrong to enjoy it. It's not wrong to enjoy uh, the listen. Some of the good things that he's given us. It's not wrong. To, it's, that's not. That's not wrong. And it's not wrong to appreciate God's creation. That's not what this is saying. But what it's saying is we should appreciate the creator and not the creation. We appreciate, listen, and we don't get so caught up in this system that we forget about him. And that becomes our motivation in life is being another brick in the wall or being just another cog in the machine. No. Or, you know, participating in it to the extent that we've put away our our, our walk with God and we start walking according to how the world does things. What the world says. And it's changing. It's changing. What we... Listen. Things that we could say before, we can't say anymore. No matter how innocuous we thought that they were, now... They're changing how, things we could say in the public forum. They're changing things we could do. Do you know that now there's this, uh, they've got a, 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 a thing where they're actually, it's called ESG rate ratings. So now as uh, bankers and investors, they, they're rating companies according to this ESG. And what it is, it has everything to do with um, how that company is doing as it relates to protecting the environment and what they're doing as far as social justice or whatever, what, what they have in place. Now, when I read an article, another article that I read, it, it basically said anyone who is not really a, a, subscribing to the ESG format, 
and I don't know if it was on purpose or it's just this person just thinks this for real. Any, any company that doesn't do that is bad. So that means if you're you burning, like just to say you have some kind of a plant, you're, you're making widgets. And in the, in the process of making widgets, you're burning fossil fuel. You get a bad rating. That's true. And now there, there are people who right now, they're steering investments toward companies that had the higher ESG ratings. So, so what does that mean? That means what they can't enforce by law, they're enforcing by money. So, so my brothers and sisters, why, why, is, why do you have to be political? It's not political. This is, this is spiritual. Things are changing. Things are changing fast. And whether you agree, whatever side of the fence you happen to be on, whether you agree or disagree, it, that, that's not even, that doesn't even matter. Because there is a way that the world does things, and then there's a way that God does things. So God is saying, don't love the way the world is doing it. Don't love the things that they have. And don't love the way they go about their business. Don't get so tied up in their systems. Don't, are, are you there? Amen. And so, Why? Because that's passing away. It's going away. It's, 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 it's gone. But he who does the will of the Lord will live forever. God is just flat out telling us. Last scripture today. I know somebody say, thank God. We're going back to James 4. Remember where we were. Right? He's talking about the lust of the flesh. Where we, right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. He's talking about the wars, the problems that we have between each other usually stem from those things, which is, is what he just said, he being God, and, you know, don't love the things of the world. So now here's what he says. Here's what he follow up. Remember what he says that you have not because you ask not. And here we are. You ask and you not receive. Because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. See, we're asking things. We're asking for things because we want our life uh, to be fulfilled. And we think by satisfying the lusts of the flesh, the things that make us happy here on earth. Money, cars, relationships, whatever it is. Jobs, whatever it is. We're depending on those things. Right? Right? As that, that's what gives us pleasure. Did I say anything wrong? Look what he says in verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses. So, now watch. You can't be an adulterer unless you're married. Is that right? Did I get that right? Would somebody just to say something to me this morning? What? You have to be married in order to be an adulterer. So this is what God is saying to his bride. You're an adulterer or an adulteress if, if, right, you're seeking the pleasures in this life, if you're walking according to the, listen, to the pride of life, lust of flesh, you're an adulterer. You're cheating on him. Do do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? What does that mean? If you are a friend of the world, if, you're, if you really like the world, you like the world system, and you're in there right in the midst of it, and you're promoting, and you're doing, and you're doing your part, and all that, and blah, 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 that means you're automatically in opposition to God. You don't have to state, oh, I, I don't like God. I don't like. No, but if you're doing that, you're automatically 
at enmity or in opposition to God. That's what that means. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He just said it plainly, didn't he? Or do you not think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy? What the heck does that mean? Well, he's referring to the Old Testament scripture where it says God is jealous. Now, for all of you followers of the uh, priestess Oprah, the priestess of the New Age movement, who said that she couldn't follow the God of the Bible because it said that, that God is jealous. How could, how could you follow anyone who would, or anything that would say that, you know, that petty, that they would be jealous? Well, what that's trying to say in terms that we understand that God will not share you with anybody. Can you, can you, can you, come on. So let me, let me ask y'all something. Should I be happy? I'm a born-again Christian. Now, now, now I get out, I get, we get out of church. Some cool-looking guy in a nice car picks up Miss Michelle out front. They drive off. Should I be happy about that? Come on. Would somebody get in here this morning? Should I be happy about that? Would I be wrong for being jealous or being upset about that? No. Well, then why should God be judged any more harshly in that same situation where He has paid a price for me? I have, I have accepted Him. He is the Lord of my life. But then I'm going to go ahead and commit adultery with the world. I'm going to go ahead and put Him down the list someplace. Well, I've got a little time for you. Come on. Are you there? So, listen. Young Christians, very young Christians. I'm talking about dear children. Dear children, pre-adolescent Christians. You know, you're young. Maybe you're, maybe you're young in age. And you're just now, you just now gave your heart to Christ. And, and you're trying to just make your way. And you're so concerned about the do's and don'ts. Man, you know, uh, you know I, I said uh, this word. Does this word mean that I'm not saved anymore? Or what? No, don't worry about that. Just listen. Here's what you do. Just follow Jesus. Just read your Bible. You know, talk to people who are advanced in the Lord. Talk to your pastors, your ministers, your, your, your children's pastor, your youth pastor. Talk to someone who is advanced in the Lord, an elder of the church and bring it to them. Pray. Pray. When you're not sure, young person, little children, when you're not sure, you can pray to Jesus and Jesus will hear you. When you feel like you've made a mistake, go to Him. Trust Him. Tell Him, Jesus, I know that I I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? And guess what the answer will be? If you mean it with your heart, the answer is yes, you're forgiven. Come on. Yo, yo, adolescent Christians, adolescent young people, chronologically and maturity in the faith. Man, you've made a mistake, but you, you know, in your exuberance, in your energy, you went after it and, and, you, and you, you tried to minister to somebody, you said the wrong thing, and in that moment you couldn't remember the Scripture and you blew it. But you had that zeal, like Pastor Tony was when he was young, and he had that zeal without wisdom, and he was spouting all a lot of stuff. And people were looking at him, yeah, people would see me coming and go the other way. No, my brothers and sisters, listen, my young brothers, my young sisters, man, you have that zest, you have that zeal. Man, go after it. And if you make a mistake, don't worry about it. Go to Him, get it fixed, and go try it again. But you have that zest, that zeal, and you're living in a generation where young people, your peers, they need to see somebody. They need to hear somebody who's not afraid to stand up for Jesus. You don't have to be a jerk about it. 
No, you don't have to be, you know, all in somebody's face and nasty or anything. You just be nice. You just be nice about it. And even when they disagree with you, and even when they mock you, that's why, see, you're strong. You can take it. And you keep walking the walk. But you have to arm yourself. You have to, listen, you're, you're strong, but you still have a ways to go. Hey, what happens if the Lord tarries and you have, to go, you have to get as old as Pastor Tony is right now? That's a lot of years. You've got to make it. You've got to make it. I had at least had one person say yes to that. Yes. Amen. So my, my brothers, my young brothers, my young sisters, you're strong. Use it. Man, go after it. And whatever arena you find yourself in, I have athletes in here. I have athletes listening to me. I have young people who, have, are, who are majorly gifted with art, majorly gifted. Their intellect is a high degree. They have, you know, they have all of those uh, advanced classes and stuff like this. Or, you know what? You have a little side job. You're working at Chick-fil-A. You're working at Publix. You're working somewhere local. And you know, wherever you find yourself, you are God's person in that area. Have that energy. Have, be, be positive. Be happy about it. But my brothers and sisters, that energy and that positivity has to be based. It has to be about His Word abiding in you. Remember what it says. You're young. You're strong. Right? You're young. You're strong. You've overcome the wicked one. Those young people, my brothers and sisters, that don't know Christ, some of your friends, some of those people you're working with, that you're in class with, they're defeated and they don't even know it. That doesn't mean you have to go up to them and say, you're loaves. doesn't mean that. Use wisdom. But at the same time, my brother and sister, you're in that spot for a reason. You're strong. You've overcome the one that has them. You're the one that they need to see. Amen. Come on. So have that energy, have that strength, but remember what it says, that you've overcome Him. You've got the Word abiding in you. So young people, get that Word abiding in you. Do your homework. Go to practice. Play the games. Do the work. But read the Bible and pray. Man, you young people, don't stand up or give me any standing ovation or shout me down. I'm just saying. And the old people are just happy because I told their kids to do their homework. (laughs) No, but think about that, my brother, my young brothers and sisters. I'm th- my heart is breaking for you. Go after it. Go after it. Put this first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of those other things will be added unto you. Yes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. He'll give you the desires of your heart. My brothers and sisters... Go after God. Hide His Word in your heart, young people. This is a generation that's needing you. They're needing you. They won't listen to an old guy like me. Look at all this gray hair. Look at, all this, look at this gray beard that used to be... They don't want to listen to me. They'll listen to you. See, but you need the old guy like me. Because I'm going to root you on. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to finance you. We're going to do everything we need to do to energize you. To put that word in you. To affirm the word in you. Come on, old people. It's us. We need to get behind some of these young people and not tear them down, but build them up. We need to get behind some of these young people and encourage them. God loves you. He loves you. He's paid a price for you. He wants you to be everything that you can be, not so that He can say, that's mine. No, so that you can have joy, love, peace, hope, all of the things that He's paid for at the cross for you. Hallelujah. So us old folks, 
we have a place. We know that God is the same God that saved us, pulled us out of that fiery furnace, and even though some of these young people are walking around with jeans that are more air-conditioned than my house, I saw one person walking down the street just a little while ago, those pants were so low, I'm talking about below his butt cheeks. I wanted to stop the car and say, pick up your pants, but I couldn't. Even though I can't stand some of the mu- I hate rap music. I can't stand any of that stuff. It just rubs me the wrong way. The attitudes, there doesn't matter. Because it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what I like. My brothers and sisters, here's what it is. Us old folks got to, listen, forget yourself. Start praying for some of these kids. And let's go, let's, let's back them up. Let's go ahead and affirm what God has placed in them, on them, for them. And let's work with them. Let's pray for them. Let's, let's, let's not try to change everything that they are right now. Let God do that work. Let God do that. I need some help in here. Boy, that was your chance. I need some help. I need, I need for you young people that have been with me all these years, my own kids, serious. Man, Deviante, I need you. God needs you. I can't speak where you're speaking. Serious, I'm not going to your practices and your games. Young ladies, I'm not going where you're going. But God, you're taking God there. Young people, be God's mouthpiece. Be God's voice. That's what He's called you to do. You're young. You're strong. You have the Word abiding in you. Go after it. Amen? Amen. God loves you and He's equipped you. And just because I'm old and I've got a pulpit and I've got gray hair doesn't mean that He's going to use me more than He's going to use you. He's using you more now than He used me when I was a kid. That's for sure. Or you should have the opportunity. Let me put it to you that way. There is a target-rich environment out there. Target-rich environment. So us old people, we better get with the program. See, we pray for more than five minutes and we're ready to go. We have a prayer meeting. I call a prayer meeting out here. I can count on the same few people every time we have something going on at this church. I can count on the same handful of people every time. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I count on the same few people. That's a shame. It's a shame. We come into this place and we should be lifting up these young people. We should be lifting up the children in the Lord. We should be lifting up the, the immature, the spiritually mature. We should be lifting them up. Why? Maybe the Lord is going to come back and I'm going to be gone. Or maybe He's just going to take me out of here. He's going to take you out. Maybe something's going to happen. Who's going to carry the torch? Who's going to be the one to tell the truth? As this generation, as we start to go, who's going to tell the truth? Who's going to be here? What example are we given? If I'm standing here asking the young people to go ahead and go for it and, and read your Bible and pray and study and, and get this word in you, when was the last time your kids saw you doing that? I'm going to leave it there. because See, now kids, I left it on the old people. I didn't leave it on you. I left it on the old people. Alright? So now you, could, you don't have to be mad at Pastor Tony. You can leave out of here. I was spitting and spewing. I know that. But please, would you please hear my heart today? Hear my heart. This is the heart, this is the heart of God. This is the word of God that we're, that we're talking about. Amen. And if John, listen, if the Holy Spirit through John 2,000 years ago said the world is passing away, 
What do you think is happening now? If you can stand, stand with me, please. If you don't, if you're just relaxed, just we're going to pray. God, we love you. Yes. And God, I, I, Father, I, I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that all of that spitting and spewing that I just did, that somehow, some way, that you would make a message to each and every heart that heard it. And I pray, Father, that you would minister to those hearts, souls. Father, that we would do something with it. That we wouldn't just walk away as hearers, but Father, that we would become doers. And not doing what, as it were, Pastor Tony would say, but doing, Father, what you would say. So again, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to each of our hearts, that when we go, when we go out of here, we carry your message with us and not Tony's. That we go out of here more determined to be your people. No matter where we are with you, Lord, no matter what our age is, chronologically speaking, or no matter where we are, spiritually, maturity-wise, Father, that we leave out of here, Father, different than when we came in, more equipped to do those things that you've called us to do. And that each of us, no matter where we are, Lord, please, I'm begging you, Lord, please, would you put a fire down in our bellies? Father, I don't care how young, how old, would you please put an urgency in each of us, Lord, that we would follow hot after you, that people would see light, that they would know that we're walking in light. And Father, they would be drawn to it like moths to a fire. And Father, when they're drawn to it, they would find you. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. As the, the days ahead, Father, no doubt we'll have challenges, we'll have disappointments. There's going to be heartaches and heartbreaks. But Lord, I pray that in those moments you would come alongside of us and squeeze us tight. Lord, we need to be squeezed and held tight. And and you won't hold that. You won't ignore that, Lord. I, I have confidence. So Lord, in those times where we are heartbroken where we've experienced setbacks I pray Lord that you would remind us that you are the same our situations may have changed something may have changed in our life but you're the same you love us from eternity past and forever and I thank you for that Lord it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. And I ask, Lord, that you would grant everyone here peace. Amen? Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Have a great week.